Hey guys, welcome to Stock Talk. As always, it's Trevor Kirkpatrick alongside Corey Edge. We are here in the Walton Webcasting Mobile Studio. Uh, you guys probably had the pleasure of making your ears bleed if you were uh, tuning into the CPS side of the Guilt Show at the Exposition, which happened fun. yesterday. Again, we don't know when this is going to be recorded, but uh, it was a heck of a lot of fun. So maybe, yeah, maybe made your ears bleed as much as we talked. I think but. it called out more mullets and cool shirts than anything else. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was a lot of fun. We got to do the the Grand Drive CPS. So, yeah. uh, Corey, we have a good friend and uh, another industry leader, and with us, Mr. Doug Albright. We sure do with us. So uh, we are going to talk um, many things. Actually, I'm pretty uh, interested in some of the things we talked about. We pulled into the parking lot here at uh, the exposition, and one of the first people we saw were Doug. We were like, hey, we need to get you in the booth. And he was all about it and actually came over pretty quick. So I, I think we convinced him with our air conditioning and, yeah. and free beer. Yeah. Oh, well, yes, the, you did. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what you may hear in the background is a little bit of a hum. That's our AC. That will not go away. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fat. Yeah. Leave me alone. It was uh, not my, my raspy voice. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Trev, before we uh, get too deep into that, um, just really thankful for our friends at Walton. Oh, my. Doing a lot of stuff for us here. If you guys uh, have been to the exposition, you know that the live broadcast is invaluable uh, to those that maybe want to go back and look and maybe see why they got beat or see some uh, different things they did in showmanship. Listen to the funny commentators like Trevor and myself. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, make sure that you're following Walton, uh, waltonwebcasting.com. Uh, also check out their new website, stockcenter.tv, uh, with all the cool educational, informational things that they're doing with that program. So yep. check out our friends at Walton. And subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. subscribe. Absolutely. Trev, we also have a sponsor. We have an exclusive. For the exposition. Sponsor for the exposition, Lean Value Sires. And uh, as you well may know, I started there in April, so I'm getting my feet underneath uh, the LVS side of things. But Rusty was uh, very excited to be part of our team there uh, for the exposition. Uh, they're doing a really cool deal where they're going to do promo code Stock Talk. The next time you order semen, you're going to get 15% off your next dose or, or next order That's as right. long as you say, hey, Promo code stock talk, and they're like, "Oh yeah, there's 15 percent off your dose." That's right. Do it before August 1st, otherwise the promo code is non-existent, and you just wasted your time. That's right. <laughs> All right, Doug. Well, there's uh, there's a lot of things I want to talk about, but uh, before we get into that, just uh, if for those who, who may not know who you are, just who are you and where you come from? Uh, from Coldwater, Michigan, little town, southern Michigan, that is now quite popular because we have a Clemens Food Group oh. packing. Facility oh, very nice in cold water, so now everybody knows where I'm from. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, graduate of Blackhawk and Kansas State. So, yesterday, while you guys were doing your Hogue uh, podcast, I was very in tune to what was going on or listening because it felt like I was back in class. Yeah, yes, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. So, we, don't, we didn't know where to go from there. Uh, and if I'm the next one down, <laughs> quickly, you're going down. Uh, so nope. I work for Zoetis. I'm a regional accountant manager for Zoetis, and then help with that on the farm when I can. Awesome. And, Doug, you, um, I've been to the farm several times, seen the place. Uh, maybe, and the lake. Maybe been on the lake a time or two. Also. I don't go to Michigan uh, any time that I don't have to. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually surprised we've gotten it. Luckily, you know, Doug, you're not like really a Michigan State guy, uh, per I, se. I'm, I'm more of a Michigan. I'm a Michigan State guy. I'm okay. not a... 
Michigan guy. Okay, well, that's well, that's why we're still friends. No Harbaugh for this guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Deal. Deal. Um, yeah, I don't like Harbaugh either, but mostly his brother because I'm a Colts fan and, you know, uh, the Ravens kind of deal. Um, so let's talk a little bit about ASF. Well, Albright Swine Farms or... Uh, no, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not, not African side. I yeah. guess they can do both, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> probably one of the most unlucky acronyms that I've heard recently was ASF. Honestly, you could probably sue whoever came up with that <laughs> yeah. And just defamation of character. Well, I heard season and desist are pretty popular yeah. nowadays. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would so be great. It's been, uh, I get that question a lot. Hey, how's ASF? Or what have you heard about ASF? I said, well, we've added some sows. And, uh, you know, building some barns. It's really exciting times. And they all look at me like, what are you talking about? So, uh, and African swine fever has uh, shook the, the pork industry, Perhaps. really. And it's been really a, a testing and trying time to, to see what's going to happen. Yeah. And for us to push through that, and realize that there will be a future. We will get through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have short-term memories. Right. And Dan Hogue said it best. You know, every 10 years, we we will make these things from a livestock and quality perspective worse. Every 10 years or 12, 15 years, we will have something that is going to ruin the pig industry. Yeah. We had circovirus. Yeah. Okay? We had uh, swine flu, H1N1. Now we have ASF. We've always found ways to do it. Mm-hmm. because the United States produces the safest, highest quality uh, food supply in the world. And we do that with biosecurity, innovation, and technology, and we do it better than anybody. So I think I think we're going to get past it, but when you talk about it, and from my business perspective, we're, we're working on it. I was going to mm-hmm. say, what, what is? do you have any insider tips of what Zoetis is doing that maybe we, we won't let them know that we're <laughs> talking about? Uh, the only thing I can tell you is we've been giving the – the USDA has given us the ability to look into vaccine, but I'm going to tell you it's still going to be a while. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. Okay. So, is there different strains of this deal, or is, is it just okay? Yeah, there's it, there's different strains of ASF that affect pigs differently and hard. You know, be no different than PERS. Yeah, right. Like a one seven four PERS strain is a lot worse than a one three two, and you're or a one eight four. You know, they're all going to be a little bit different. Um, there's so much naive pigs to ASF. There, obviously, there's all the pigs in the United States right. are naive to ASF, so I think any strain would be uh, catastrophic. Uh, but matching those strains and getting a vaccine that's going to help aid in, in preventing the spread of the disease if it came to the United States is, is a challenge. And growing it, how do we uh, administer it? Is it injection? Is it oral? Yeah. Is it, you know... We also don't want to bring ASF to the United States and let's do some trials. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. right. Exactly. Part of the way to get approval of a vaccine is to have a vaccine that's ready to go and have field trials where we put it in pigs live in the United States. Well, it's kind of hard to do. Right. But we're a global company, so we have that licensure to work on it mm-hmm. in other research. But all the money is spent in research in the United States. Yeah. So, so what... I've heard people say it's just inevitable that it's going to be in the United States. Is that what opinion do you have with that? Well, um, if you would if you would look at my wife and look at me, you would realize I'm the eternal optimist. <laughs> and we kept foot and mouth disease out of the United States. Mm-hmm. We canceled the World Pork Expo. We canceled the National Barrier Show. We had events like the Exposition, Midwest Type Conference, the. Mm-hmm. Um, all-American Swine Breeders Classic, I believe was the name in 2001. 
I'm showing my age a little bit here. I think <laughs> you guys might have still been in elementary school. <laughs> but we had events, and it, life went on. We kept foot and mouth disease out of this country. And every day longer that we've kept ASF out, the more confident I get that we can continue to do so. We talk about how it spreads and, and uh, through nose-to-nose uh, -nose contact and through um, feed ingredients, you know, mm -hmm. and so on. We got to remember that in those countries, the way that they process soybeans is by driving over them. They roll over those soybeans with tires. Yeah. There's backdoor hogs. There's hogs that and and processed materials of, of animals, offal, if you will, that's thrown into the streets. Yeah. So there are things that vectors for that disease in, in Asia that are much different than the, what they would be even if it got to the United States. Right. Yeah. And so it brings up biosecurity, really. Yeah. Uh, we're much better at it in the United States than they are yeah. in other countries. The last question I have about uh, all right, swine farm, I mean, ASF is, <laughs> no, uh, when, heaven forbid, if that were to ever happen, what is the way to get rid of the carcasses that were infected? I mean, if you bury them, you get into the watershed, then it spreads that way. If you burn them, it goes through the, the air. I mean, what is, has that been thought about, I'm sure? Um, how they're doing Tie some that? acres to them, let them float to the bottom of the ocean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that might be the best idea. Yeah. Um, shark food, I guess. Yeah, yeah. right. I, I don't know. That's that's probably the best question because, honestly, and you look at, you know, some of the videos that have been released released about fair oaks in the last few days, yeah, and, yeah. and about animal agriculture, uh, you could feel a tremble in producers' voices when you talk to them about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not just ASF, but what happens if we got ASF and how that they are going to handle have to handle it. They feel like they will just quit, mm -hmm. or they'll have employees that just quit if they're required to have to euthanize yeah. that many pigs. Yeah, they can't fathom having to do that. And then to to your question, Trevor, what do we do after they're euthanized? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, because there isn't a good answer. I mean, short of setting the whole barn on fire, what do yeah. you do? Yeah. Well, I, we we talked to Dr. Todd Price about this too, and he. He didn't even have an answer yeah. for what we got to do with them after. Yeah, I, know, don't, I don't know. If it happens. Um, I guess from a proactive, and like I said, I'm the eternal optimist, to, let's just try to not let's get just, it. Yeah. Exactly. And, so, and the technology, and I, I just feel like we're, since it's not here yet, we have a lot of smart people like Zoetis and, and the whole team that you work with to be able to think about, okay, it's not here yet, but if it is here, what do we do? Yeah, it's uh, we maintain and increase biosecurity. We've almost forgotten about PED in this country, yeah. and that wasn't that right. long ago. Right. Yeah, I remember. I have a great story about that that's already been told on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. About hauling a PED infected bear and guilt home <laughs> in the back seat of a car. Not great. That doesn't sound pleasant. No, no. The uh, I hope you didn't go on a date after. Uh, no. Within that car, that have been. I think that was your date. I don't know. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Funny guy. The uh, we when PED hit. We improved our biosecurity, and we improved how we moved animals in this country and heightened it even higher. And there's tons of studies that show the prevalence of PERS and flu mm -hmm. decreased at such a rapid rate when we had PED. Yeah. So there's two, there's two uh, theories there. Well, they stopped testing because they were only worried about PED. Or 
we improved our biosecurities and our practices and our mindset so great that it had to decrease the the number of reported cases to the Iowa State Diagnostics Lab of animals or of PERS and flu. Mm-hmm. So Iowa State would tell you that percentage the per- percentage of reported cases everything it, no it was just directly due to biosecurity. Yeah. Hate to interrupt you again, but Turn It Up is the brand new way for you guys to get your animals eating the way they should be. Have you heard about this yet, Corey? Feed them. Yes, I have. So Turn It Up is a... only because we have an N. That's right. Uh, You guys may have heard from this guy that created this product. Dr. Todd Price has created Turn It Up. It is a product made to drive appetite in pigs needing to gain weight and help all pigs continue to eat through their stress of moving showing, and exposure to other sick animals. Uh, Whoa. Over two-thirds of the pig's immune system is in the gut, so keeping the pig's gut healthy is extremely important. Extremely. Uh, Turn it up as a unique blend of yeast cell wall extract and probiotics as a direct appetite stimulant. All pigs showing should receive this product two weeks pre-fair through the day and of the show exposure and get them 12 o'clock on show day. Holy crap, where has this supplement been? Well, when Todd Price is not taming tigers, he's developing probiotic products. Whoa. Um, So, yeah, we are going to have this product on hand and in our store very, very soon. I would suggest you get some of this stuff because uh, these things can't look good if they don't eat. Yes. Thank you for your time. Back to the show. Now, when we speak about security, we're going to flip the script a little bit. But uh, what what is fascinating about, I mean, I know a little bit of the backstory with uh, Albright Swine Farms. And not only do you have a pretty progressive show pig operation, but you're also in conjunction with a commercial unit. Yep. So what are your practices like of trying to do both? I mean, uh, there are some people we hear, you know, they're all oh, two, so, two totally separate, separate parts of the industry now. Well, it's still pork. They're still side. pigs. So how do you work on both ends of that spectrum, biosecurity-wise? And, and, I mean, how do you view that? So it's uh, it's a mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's when we talk about biosecurity, and I'll talk about it on the panel later today, biosecurity is a mindset. If you don't think it's uncomfortable to do, then you're probably not doing it right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very attainable. So when you talk about it's very attainable to achieve – High, high levels of biosecurity, mm-hmm. you're just going to have to put in the effort to do it. So at Albright's Flying Farms, we've got sows at home, and we've got those pigs. Now, we also have been able to have be contract growers for producers because of the biosecurity that we take on our own show pigs. So when you say take them home, that, that's a totally separate facility. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah we, we have, you know, um, isolation, yeah. biosecurity, and, you know, we're a PERS negative show pig operation, which is a little rare. But the way we handle that is we treat that no different than we would treat those pigs. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, the, the hoops and how we jump through those differently are uh, separately is very unique. Or, I say unique, but it's, there are challenges to it. We have employees that, that you know, uh, start their day there or they start their day at our farm or spend the majority of their time here or they shower and change before they come to our farm. Gotcha. So we... There's processes and ways we go about it. Our greatest strength is we're pig people. Mm-hmm. We're not just a crop farmer. Right. No offense. Yep. But 
to just crop farmers out there, but we're not just crop farmers that have pigs for the manure. We're pig farmers who have pigs because we know how to raise pigs. Right. So these producers are more willing to let us have the, you know, the 2,200 spaces and growing that we have of commercial hogs. And why do you do that? People ask all the time, just, just have your 200 show pig sows and keep doing what you're doing. And that's true. But from a business perspective of constant cash flow and the ground that we do own that we can get rid of manure on, it makes too much sense not to do it. Right. right. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's not just like you're, you have 10 sows in the backyard. You've got 200 sows. I mean, Correct. that's probably one of the larger show pigs, I would assume, in the Definitely country. in the state of Michigan. Yeah. Well, in the, yeah, well, in the state of Michigan, you know, there's, well, is there probably 10 of us that, that big in the country? Yeah. Um, we're, we wouldn't be a Heimer or a Stolquist or a Cobb. We're not breeding those pigs specifically that way all the time. And our show pigs aren't just all crossbreds either. Mm-hmm. Yep. We have Berkshires and Durox that allow us to play in the niche markets where, you know, we don't sell Berkshires and Durox to Tyson. Yeah. yeah. They go to specialty markets and it's a great, great yeah. avenue for us. It's, it's really tremendous for us to continue to, because uh, they'll take show, show pig bred Durox and Berkshires, but they still want those purebred yeah. genetics. I was going to ask if you ever just buy show pig semen for them commercial sows sometimes. Uh, well, we've what we've been doing is transitioning all those sows to show pig sows, if mm-hmm. you will. Uh, but what we do do more often in the off-seasons is uh, we'll breed a Burke sow to a Duroc boar at our house and vice versa because that's a very hardy, easy-doing feeder pig that these guys want to feed. or Burrocks, um, I heard. Yes, <laughs> the Burrocks. Uh, Pat Albright is actually the president of the Burrock Association. Oh, I was going to say, have we started <laughs> yeah. registry yet? Yeah, Ben Lennig is going to be our fieldman. That's dangerous. Yeah. Wow. Part-time deal. I, I haven't I told Adam hope. that yet. Okay. But, I had some hope before you said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's we, we do that cross to from a hardiness and a, they just like them. They're, yeah. They're cute to look at. Yeah. And, they're a pretty hardy animal. So, but anyway, back to the you know, how we balance all those different things. It's it's challenging, but it's very doable. And then you throw in the fact that I work with commercial producers across two states that are as big as thirty thousand sows, all yeah. the way down to to a thousand sows. And how I manage that is very carefully. Um, if I'm going into those pigs, I've got to have my downtime. Uh-huh. I follow their biosecurity protocols. They know that you know, and I don't live at the farm right. full time either. So. I can manage that a little bit. So I don't just have to worry about my pigs and the commercial logs. I got to worry about my pigs, the commercial logs, and my customers' pigs. Yeah. So it becomes very challenging. And I, I actually quit buying cologne because Tektrol is the new musk. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah no kidding. Right. Yeah. My truck yeah. smells like it. I know that for sure. I was going to ask, yeah. do, you, do you just soak yourself in like the 99.99% killer antibacterial yeah yeah um, just yeah just a tectrol bath yeah honestly i just kind of roll in it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, makes sense to me my wife wants to put one of those like cow back scratcher things okay Ooh, in our yeah. bathroom i can kind of work on it a little bit <laughs> that'd be good but the uh, she gets a little tired she's like does your truck always have to smell like this and i said yes yeah yeah but I, I wash my truck a lot yeah. my truck goes through uh, that's the great thing is that it's very supportive of that and we I have a $50 pass, and I go to that same place. I mean, it's <laughs> three times a week. Because if I leave us out before I go home, back and forth, we we forget sometimes that, oh, you know, well, I just went to the store. I didn't go to another pig farm. Well, now with all the pigs that are coming into cold water, especially considering that, there's those t- truck drivers who went into that yep. gas yep. station. Exactly. And then me back and forth. So we just, we anything that are, is in our pigs, we change. 
then we get in the vehicle. And my house is a mile down the road, and I change, and I go Before home you and go. change again. Yeah. Well, and that's what's funny is everybody's like, oh, those big, stinky commercial south houses, they're taking up the whole whatever, whatever. Yep. They're spreading all the disease. Uh, actually, it probably originates from a little podunk farm somewhere. Well, it, yes and no, I would, t- I would tell you. Just as easily right. can, can be from either way. Yeah. Because um, I love the people who come to buy pigs, right, that they come wearing their boots from home. Yeah, yeah. And they got manure on them. And I'm like, um, could you change your boots? Yeah. And they're like, oh, these are my pig boots. I said, <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, they're not my pig boots. <laughs> yeah. So can you leave them in the truck? Yeah. So some of those little things that people don't think about goes a long way. Because that truck driver, if it's not in his mind, he just jumps into his truck and then he gets it, goes into Casey's. And then the show pit guy goes into Casey's right. and it's on the floor mat and you just keep moving it, right? Just keep shacking it. So you got to make it a mindset. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> and um, so I was actually just looking through our hat here. Um, we've been collecting topics all week at the exposition. and there's So you're some, saying there's a segment coming up. There's a segment coming up. And there's some really good ones in here. Okay. I had to shuffle through them a little bit. Well, folks, it's time for Topics from a Hat. Topics from a Hat, presented by Fierce Threads, our good friends. Uh, if you have not checked it out yet, their big paw brand of apparel is exceptionally good. They have some vintage signs printed on hats. Yeah. Like, I think just Yorkshire and Hampshire. Cool. Coming, from right the, now. coming from the Went Ranch, that's his wallpaper in his barn, yeah. his vintage signs. Yeah. And I saw those at Fierce Threads, and I was like, oh, my God, how yeah. many of those? Doug, I don't know if have? you've seen this. I think you might appreciate the uh, – there's a like a three-quarter shot of a, of a Berkshire. Yeah. yeah and, and, like a and, bust of it. And, yeah, and the shirt says, don't be a jerk, use the – and then Berk. it's a Berk. So They're getting fancy over there at Fierce. I've, I've had requests from people back home to go pick up stuff from this big paw. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's pretty classy. It's, it actually is kind of cool how they came up with the name. Like, if you go back to the Dan Hogue episode that we posted, he kind of says, you know, the foundation is how we build our livestock, and we all like them big-footed, so we came up with Big Paw. Well, our foundation comes from a very big, sturdy sturdy base, and I was like, you know what? That actually, there's a lot of thought that went into that. Yeah, so. there is. So uh, go check out Fierce Threads, new website, fierce-threads.com. Go check them out. Make your orders. Uh, the only hat and the only apparel that we use comes from those guys with their embroidery, logo design. They got it going printing. on. So, without further ado, Doug, let's do some topics from a hat. I actually pulled these three out specifically for you um, because they are related to... Let's talk into the mic, rookies. They are. There we go. There are some cool topics here <laughs> uh, that we got. All right. So, Jeff, I'll let you read the first topic. Okay, how many are we doing here? We're going to do three. All right, three topics. This one's from Daniel in Indiana. He wants to know, what do you think about the boars being posted on Facebook before the shows? That's a good topic. That is. It's, it's funny that that's the question. Because in 2013, we had a drag board that I posted on Facebook, and I might have been one of the early adopters to that promotion Okay. before Duncan. You ended up being champion. Uh. In motion, sells to Schaefer's. Then he raises, he hires prison style. Yeah, to give you some mm-hmm. direct lineage there. Who Well, that's Will that. But, uh, and I caught some some flack from that. I said, hey, is this the Facebook boar? Yeah. Um, that, that's a name. 
the, yeah, that's that's what they called him, the, the Facebook <laughs> board. And I said, it is, it is. So I don't have any problem with it uh, because social media is, is a platform to promote. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's really, it's been a blessing for us to, to move products, uh, pigs, uh, and our services across the country. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with it. I think that there are some maybe pet peeves or some how-tos that could be improved in terms right. of length of video, quality of video, and how often yeah. you're you're pubbing it, resharing it. Yep. And just don't tag me. Yeah. That's yeah. all I ask. Yeah. Yeah. Because then I get alerted seventeen thousand times <laughs> when the other fifteen of your friends share it. Yep. Well, That's my only request. I, you know, tagging the judge, I probably should. Oh, that would be a bad one. Yeah, yeah. That would go down on my pet peeve list. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll we'll, get to that. We're definitely getting to that later. Uh, and so, I, just to add to that real quick, yeah. um, another thing is if you take a really good video of your boar or whatever and post it on Facebook and you come to the show that you're headed to and it looks worse, you probably did yourself a disservice. Correct. <laughs> Yeah. So there's two sides of this coin. Yeah. Like, it's got to be done well, Trevor. You hit the, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I, I think it's interesting that, like, some people feel like it's not necessary to do it. But I'm like, first of all, if you've got a good one, I mean, you could text it to your buddies and all the breeders that you think might be interested. But until they have a chance to see that thing in person, like, they're not probably going to buy it off mm-hmm. a picture or a video. Mm-hmm. So, like, those guys... Like, if you're coming to a show and, and you are not private treaty selling anything, you've got to promote it somehow mm-hmm. beforehand. So, like, people are like, yes, I'm excited to come to the exposition to see, you know, Trevor's Barack Boar. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Topic number two comes from Bo. He did not list his state, so thanks for that. Um, but best way to get exposure to judge shows right out of college. Ooh. I'll take a quote from Dan Hogue. Never say no. Boom. Take them all. I like that. And you'll learn from every single one of them. First one I took was a uh, three-species show in northern Michigan. I judged the entire county fair in six hours, all species, all outside. And I sunburned badly. (laughs) But it was a – and they were – they weren't very good, and if anybody from Northern Michigan listens, I apologize. I'm not trying to degrade what, your counties, but it was. I think I've been to that county and yeah. judged that exact show. You're actually. welcome. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, they're not very good. Um, they're just not exposed to it. Right? Yeah, right. Uh, to the original question, that you know, those people aren't exposed to the livestock that we are in the in the Midwest or Southwest or or whatever. They have to drive so far to get to quality livestock to mm-hmm. to get better. Right. So it's. It's not their fault. It's right. nobody's fault. It's just kind of the way it is. So you may not be excited about judging that show, but those kids that are at that show are just as excited to be there to exhibit. Exactly. And they deserve your undivided attention right. to do it, and you'll get better. Because when I was 25 or 26, I was ready to judge every major hog show in the country. I might have told you. Mm-hmm. And I was wrong. I was. I, I thought that I was ready. And right out of college, I said, "Yeah, I'll judge Houston Bears. Let's do it." Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm I, I like even I think at 30 years old, I'd still be scared. Yeah, uh, and if you don't get nervous, why you doing it? Why you doing it? Like, uh, I'll tell you, Mike McCoy gave me one of the greatest pieces of advice. The preparation he puts into being ready to judge a big event um, is no different than 
preparing for a judging contest or preparing for a sporting event. Mm-hmm. And I started taking that mentality of, you know, what I'm reading. And, and I, I'll go judge some smaller shows before I go do, you know, SIFT OYE. Or, you know, I spent two straight days in our finisher at home just running by gilts and spending about 10 to 15 seconds a pig deciding good or bad, good or bad. Training my mind to be ready to go yeah. SIFT those events. So exposure to do that, do them, do them right. Do a, do a quality job. And you don't need to self-promote. Self-promotion yeah. is great on social media, but it, it doesn't have to be about you judging the hog show. Exactly. The other thing that I guess has probably helped me, not everybody has the opportunity, but the connections that you build throughout the industry and your time in college, I think will help you get shows too. It doesn't really matter how many people you know, but if you know the right ones, they could be like, hey, you know, and talk to those people and ask them just straight up, can you help me? you know, get this show or, you know, get involved in this state. I've never judged a show in this state. Help me out there. And so I've had the opportunity to judge, and, I mean, I'm 25 years old, and I've judged in probably 13 or 14 states already. And so that's, I swear, only because of the people I knew. Yeah. It's more word of mouth. Word of mouth, and you take, you accept them. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up. My wife has a big uh, United States of America map, and she traces them, you know, um, I think black if I've judged in it, and gold marker if I've done the state fair. Oh, that's way cool. And so I'm just trying to, I'd like to get to them all. Yeah. And I'm over 30, um, age and states, but uh, (laughs) you're right. But to your point, bring out good ones, raise good ones. People trust somebody who can raise a good one. Yep, yeah. And and just do an honest and good job and realize you're going to have to put your time in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Doing all of them. And even if you don't have livestock, just be a good steward of the industry. Yep. And do it for the right reasons, yep. and somebody's going to notice it. And take, and take the time to be with those kids. Yep. You'll also learn a f- – the other thing I would tell you is, is be cognizant of your time, their time, while also being a leader and a, a, a coach, to a mentor to those younger kids. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I, the, the people that matter the most that are standing ringside is the mom and, moms and dads and grandmas that see how you're treating their kids. Exactly right. All right, Trev, last topic. Oh, this my. is a good one. I think this one was made for Mr. Albright. I know. Here. That's why I pulled it out. Uh, this is an anonymous. 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 Damn you, give him all the easy ones. <laughs> <laughs> Words. Um, so, yeah, this anonymous uh, post here says, where is the Burke breed going from here? Short and sweet. You just filled that out, didn't you? Uh, no, we have a name, but we are not allowed to announce it. Okay. Uh, the, the Berkshire breed, where is it going from here? Uh, I think still up. I bought our first Berkshire sow the day I graduated from Blackhawk, actually. And uh, it's from from uh, the Ritter family. Okay. And brought two in that day and never turned back. Huh. Now there's 80 of them. Wolf. So the... Uh, it's been an ever-evolving, and the, and the breed's evolving. Mm-hmm. I think you would be challenged to find a breed on the, the non-NSR side that can compete with the NSR as, as good as the Berkshires can. We've evolved their look and their build and their skeleton yep. to a level that we've never seen. At the same time, have we gotten... You know, color's always going to be an issue. Yeah. And... I wish I could tell you that there's 
you know, if you only do this and you only do that, you're always going to get perfect mark goings. Well, that's not necessarily always the case. So where's it going? I think only up. I think it's only getting better, but we're going to have to watch it. Yeah. yeah. Before we make them maybe too crossbred. Looking. Well, we were we were commentating them uh, here at the exposition and first class out. I was like, you know what? I remember when Berkshires and I'm not. I mean, I've only been in here you know, compared to the rest of us, not that long. And they used to be round, chubby fronted, short faced, squatty. These things are really good looking, sharp jawed, tall fronted, and motor. I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, they're. And we're eliminating the Dumbo ears, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. Yes, uh, smaller, tighter ears. Yes. It's, it's ever-evolving. And uh, every time something evolves at a rapid rate, there are going to be people who question where we're headed. Mm-hmm. Right. These don't look like Berkshires. What is a Berkshire supposed to look like? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And to me, I want my Berkshires to go play ball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we raised, I don't know if it was the first, but one of the few uh, that was, she was a reserve grand at San Antonio and she's a pure Berkshire. She didn't look like one. She looked like any other breed, just different color. Right. Yeah. And not to get into a big soapbox, but this is the 21st century. We just, we're supposed to treat every, everything and everyone yeah. the, the yeah. same. Yeah. We're humans. They're pigs. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter what color they are, right? Yeah. Good well, ones are good ones. Yeah, so exactly. That, that's my opinion. Yeah. We're headed in the right direction. We've made them a lot better. Well, and if you don't, if you have a litter that didn't turn out, at least you got a freezer full of them. And that's why we do it. <laughs> <laughs> the, Berkshire's good eating, man. You can get you, Berkshire's are good eating. <laughs> hold the phone, just a second. I don't need a whole lot of your time. I just want to make an announcement. Trevor and I are going to be at the Indiana State Fair during oh, the Grand Drive. Yeah. We got a lot of stuff going on, but we are so excited for our partnership with the Indiana State Fair. Some things to note this year that are brand new. The Indiana Bread and Own Division last year in 2018 had 450 entries. Not bad. First year, you That's know. Nice. Right. This year, 950 Indiana no. Bread and Owned entries. 950? 950. That's a little shy of a thousand, but definitely more than what they had last year. Okay, yeah. listen, listen, folks. Here's the deal with the Indiana Bread Note. It's so cool. There's money involved, cash prizes. Who doesn't like cash? And I think other states should take advantage of this concept as well. So yeah, no kidding. Be thinking about that, guys. Uh, Indiana Bread Note. It's essentially exactly what it is. It's uh, livestock exhibited by the youth that were bred by folks living in the state of Indiana with an Indiana address. So if you guys want to be a part of the Indiana bread owned category, make sure that when you're selling your livestock in the state of Indiana and you are a resident of Indiana, you make sure those kids know that so they can go and try to win some more extra money. It's and they get help. to be in the grand drive. Like they get to yeah. be in the hunt. That's right. So like if you're whoa, grand whoa, overall, <laughs> if you're grand overall in your species, of the bread and division, you do show in the grand drive. Whoa. So just think about that. Do what you will with that information. Uh, number two, huge bit of information. And this is the last bit I'm going to give you. There is two divisions in the cattle drive that are going to be brand new to the market show this year. And we've been informed 
that there are some very competitive show families that have entered this division. Oh, do tell me. Number one, there is no longer a market steer drive. It is a market beef drive. And I'll tell you why. Had me worried there for a second. Market heifers are now in competition against the steers. Uh Also, so market heifers get their own breed. Also, for the first time ever at a Midwest state fair, slick steers. Oh, come at me. Slick steers. Just let that sink in uh, for you folks that are from Texas and Oklahoma that have been around it. Uh, we are adapting to the slick steer market. So sell some of them cattle up here if you want. So we're talking big, fluffy, nice steers. Yes. Really good market heifers. Correct. And slick steers. Yes. Wowza. Thank you again for your time. Much appreciated. Take care. Back to the episode. All right. I want to spin this a little bit. Right now, what is your opinion on, you know, where, okay, so where the Berks go from here? What is the biggest issue you think you see right now in the Berkshire breed as far as, you know, this needs improved? Or a top five or whatever. I don't care. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's a fair question. We've made some of them so slick looking. Mm-hmm. We've lo- lost jaw. We've lost some feature, and we're trying to balance, making sure they still have enough and still making them balance. Mm-hmm. No different than some of these crossbreds. I think we still got to have some jaw. We still have to have some arm and some feature in these bears and gilts, but we also need to do it without maybe uh, while still may, may having them look like Berkshires. Yeah. So finding that balance has been a challenge for this Berkshire breeder, right? Because finding the ones that are going to do both of those things without sacrificing the other is is a challenge. Yeah. That, I think that's the biggest biggest challenge I have is every time you make them slicker looking, you take some masculinity and stoutness away. Yeah, and I'm okay with that, but just just not take all of it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you like you said, it's with all with selection. Yep. Yeah. So with that, we start talking about Berkshires and, and everything else. But yeah, those topics from Hat. That that was an thank incredible you. couple of topics there. So thank you for yeah, we us. Uh, uh, we're going to have a lot more of these folks, and if, even if you've submitted them in the past, keep sending them in because uh, we're going to have a heck of a lot more here in the future. We're going to go to the next question. Um, that is going to be kind of fun for for you to hear. Talking about the boars that you've raised and, and maybe even the ones you brought into the stud, we can we can open it up to that. But what's one the best one you've ever raised and maybe up to this day? So we just talked about Big Paw, mm-hmm. and we talked about some of those cutouts that they've got, those tin cutouts. Yeah. That tin cutout is Bright Lights. Whoa. Long story short, I wanted Showtimes, the magazine, had their pig that was walking, uh-huh. their cutout. I wanted to get dad a Christmas gift that we could put on our new show barn. And so I emailed him. I said, you know, girls, can we make this? Can we use this picture? And they're like, I don't know why not. So they took Bright Lights' picture and turned it into that. Now, it's morphed a little bit over the since it was adjusted. Mm-hmm. But if you go to our place and you see the Berkshire on the, on the wall, that is, that's Bright Lights. Gotcha. And so... That's, you know, as they've cut that out is 
Um, I don't ever remember Bright Light's hips being as high there as maybe some of those <laughs> some of those cutouts are. Um, you know, the drawing is not maybe not as as uh, stenciled as as what it was, but um, that's where that started. So Bright Lights is is my answer um, from a genotypic and phenotypic perspective in that combination. Mr. Gratter was our intern when we had Bright Lights, and the only thing that Bright Lights didn't have at the time was a a brain. He was, <laughs> He was pretty stubborn and hard-headed, and so were his daughters. But it was really cool. Um, I had a very special moment with my dad when we were reserve granted San Antonio. The next year we were granted. That was with the Hampshire. We're no longer in the Hampshire business. And no, I'm not getting into that topic. But uh, and then four years later, um, a boar we raised sired the Grand Guild of San Antonio. Mm, yeah. So, and they both go back to the same sow. Yeah. So, that that oak sow was the mother of the San Antonio guilt. She's also the mother of Bright Lights. Okay. So, that well, was neat. Phenotypically, Fresh is the best one we've ever raised. Uh, if you go look at him, he's, that thing is wild to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how to mate him right. Yeah. And make it all work. I'll be really well, honest. Well, we read it. that name a couple times. Yeah. When we were commentating, I yeah. know that much. Um. So along the lines, I guess, so would the same answer then be, is Bright Lights probably the most influential boar that you've had yeah. used in your herd? Oh, used in my herd? Yeah. No. No. No, I do. I do. I do took us faster and quicker to a different level than what Bright Lights did. Bright Lights himself and his daughters are very, very good, but I do himself. I do and, and fly by fly by as the sire of uh, Bright Lights. Both of those took us better um, from an influential perspective. Uh, I had too much of that old sound for me to use bright lights as much as probably I could have. So, hmm. um, but I would tell you I do. I'm not too proud to, to say it wasn't him. It's cool. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do it. Trevor scratched it off my agenda, but I want to talk about him. All right. Herefords. Herefords. Now, I know Corb mentioned something in an episode one time about a kiddie pool. Well, so are Landry's Corb. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just jealous. Love it. <laughs> so, so Pat, your dad, yep. he is the Hereford man. Well, actually, I'll give you the, the quickest but full story of how Herefords arrived. And so my roommate at Blackhawk was, is, was Cody Herman. He's best man at my wedding. I was best man at his wedding. We've lived out at Mullinex's and worked on Herefords. And Cody's a Hereford man. Her, the Herman family, Herefords, right? Yep. So Cody pretty much loves everything that's red and white. He had boar goats, red and white, mini herfs, regular herfs. He had to have himself a herf. So he goes to Michael's and buys a very expensive Hereford pig. And I said, that dude, uh-uh. <laughs> so he calls Pat. Pat goes, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> so that's been Pat and Cody's deal. We bought Cody's out, and well, Cody gets a lifetime supply of Hereford pigs. And whenever his daughter wants to show him, she, she hates pigs right now, so it's <laughs> bad. But that's where it started, and we've just used boars and had a few boars at home that worked and sold those baby pigs, and we've just tried to treat them not like Herefords. Mm-hmm. I felt like the way we made Berkshires better, if you ask Nick and Neil Mock how they made their Berkshires the way they are, is they never m- tried to compromise what they thought they should look like. Yeah, They never said... Hey, we need to make the best Berkshire-looking Berkshire. 
Now they want to make the best Pig. hog they could that yeah. just happens to look like a Berkshire. And I'm trying to do the same thing with the Herefords. The Herefords are more of a challenge because as, as often wild your markings can get on a, on a Burke, it's even more so on the Herefords. It's a little hit and miss, and it's. I wish I had a better idea why. Hmm. So I, I'll talk about Herefords all day long. Yeah. Um, they might be kiddie, kiddie pool court, but so are land race. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. No, I just, I honestly just wanted to bring that up for that specific yeah. reason. Well, I, I saw it on your agenda, and I was like, okay, we're, we went off on a tangent with Burks, but that makes sense. Good job, Corey. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so another segment that everybody uh, likes to, to do as guests and as listeners is Social Smash. And of those that are just now listening, Social Smash is uh, what, when we started it, we thought, maybe we're going to get all the pet peeves from our guests about what's on social media and how to correct it. Uh, but now it can be whatever. What, some of the pet peeves that you brought up and, and maybe how do you correct them if, if there is a correction. So uh, what are some of your pet peeves? Uh, being tagged and everything. Yep. Right? I mean, if I have something to do with that pig or that event, I mean, if it's coalition, we're bringing pigs to coalition, tag me in it. Man. Right, right. All oh, yeah. good about it. Yeah. Um, some of these guys that... I get tagged in, and it's all the way up to 99, the max number of tags you can have. It's just really irritating. Not, not that I dislike you or the pig or anything that it has to go on with, with the, the post. I just don't like getting the alerts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because then that person's going to share it, and that person's going to share it. It just keeps – I remove the tag. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I just do because um, it's just, it just it's annoying. wears on me. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. If you're trying to get views – but from an Albright Swine Farms perspective, I spend a lot of money on Instagram and and uh, Facebook and and Snapchat marketing, and I feel like some people should also spend the same money I yeah. I do to yeah. try to yeah right you're, to get you're the reach. Invest, you're investing in the reach. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm investing in the reach, and don't piggyback my reach. Yeah, I guess so. Ah, I love it. Yeah, it's I, we've talked about that before, but tags are. And, and like we said with the boards, don't tag the judge. Like, yeah. come on. They're going to see him. There's don't no need to do it. Here's Even after thing. the fact, don't tag, yeah. don't tag uh, the please. judge. Please, especially as the guy who's judged some of those, uh, don't go on and then add me as a friend. Or maybe we happen to be friends and then tag me in the picture. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, was, I was there. I yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes that happens. You know, I mean, we had a, for example, we had some pigs in Ohio that did well. And, and Facebook knows the judge, so just... Yeah. Oh, right. yeah, right. That's not their fault. So I get it too. I, I say that a little tongue in cheek because I understand that it's sometimes not intentional. Yeah, right. What about uh, what about any pet peeves just in the in the industry? Most of it's social media related. Um, it's the greatest thing that we've that's ever happened to the one of the greatest things that's happened in the uh, livestock industry. Yeah, and one of the worst at the same time. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So, um, other pet peeves is probably just negativity. Yeah. When we start talking hog shows or barra shows to steer shows and heifer shows and whatever it may be, and, and I'm not going because of this guy or, you know, this politics or, you know, just we can sit and have a uh, person-to-person conversation that I like your pig or I don't like your pig or, you know what? That one I wish was better here. Yeah. But I'm, I'm happy for you. Congratulations. Enjoy that banner. Enjoy that win. That's okay. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. But it doesn't need to turn into maybe as negative of a conversation or 
or received as negatively sometimes as people take it both ways. So, man, just be happy for those people and say, yeah. hey, that's awesome. Yeah. I can sit there and say, you know what, I wouldn't have done it that way, but that's okay. Uh, let's just be positive. Enjoy this. Because my son's 16, 17 months old, and I don't want him to come out of the ring and have him say, can you believe what I heard those people talking about my pig? Right. I don't know how I'm going to answer that. Yeah. So I'm not saying that I don't talk about other people's pigs. We all talk about the pigs we see, right? And right. we like them or we yeah. don't like right. them. But think about who's listening, when you're having that conversation, where you're having that conversation. Just, you know, this is a very public space. Yeah. Right. And think about it that way. How you're acting, how you're talking, who you're talking to, what you're talking about. It's a very public space. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. There's there, And the negativity is what brings the whole thing down. Yeah. We're, we're here for having the positive experience. Yeah. So. Like, we poke fun at each other. Yeah. And we make fun of things. <laughs> you know, like, boy, I really hate bow-legged hogs. Yeah. yeah. Like, absolutely cannot stand them. Don't ever bring me a bow-legged hog or you're probably not going to do very well. Correct. But those are the things that we could talk about. Yeah. And it's fun and, and, and we could chat. But, but the things that are annoying is when... You'd be like, that thing was bow-legged. That should not have won. Right. Screw that judge. Exactly. Screw that family. What's yeah. ever, whatever happened, they're like, God, I hate that you beat me, but that was the better hog. Yeah. <laughs> or or, or, or that, it was that guy's opinion. Yeah. yeah. Or Can't he, congrats. You know what? That's awesome. Yeah, good for you. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Yeah, right. Now, if they ask and say, well, did you like him? Well, you know what? I'm, that's a good pig. Yeah. Um, I wish he was maybe better here. Yeah. yeah. But that's a good pig, and congratulations. I know you guys worked your tail off. Yep. That's, a, that's a big win. You know, it's we can be honest yeah. and still be nice. That's right. Yeah. That was really cool. I, uh, that conversation was had shortly after the top five draw guilts were picked. I just happened to be walking by the Mapes picture pen uh, with Ben Lennig, and there was three families lined up in a row to get their pictures taken. I think it was reserved third and fourth overall draw guilts, and every single one of them said, hey, man, congratulations. Yep. Shook their hand and walked away. Exactly. The majority, really 90% oh, yeah. of it is like, congratulations, yeah, that's awesome. awesome. But there's always that, you know, naysayer. But yeah, that's whatever. That, that's whatever. I'm just, and I don't, we can have opinions. We can not like them. Yep. That's no. what makes this thing what it <laughs> exactly is. Exactly right. In terms of different hogs and different opinions, that's what makes it. Right. I just try to, I try to remember myself. Yep, exactly. As well as try to remind people, because I'm, I can be just as guilty yeah. of it too. Oh, behind closed doors we say, man, that thing sucked. You should yeah. not have won. Yes, yeah. we can. But at the same time, we just need to be respectful. Yeah, exactly. Sorry again, but uh, these episodes on Wednesdays are really, really good. Don't you think, Corey? Agreed. But we have a new way for people to dig a little deeper on stuff that we really don't want on our Wednesday episodes, but there's they got to get them out somehow. It's called the Patreon. Patreon. Uh, we've been publishing this the past couple uh, times here, but uh, go to patreon.com, search Stock Talk Podcast, and you're going to find a whole new platform, pay a small monthly fee, and we're going to dig into some topics that are really, really serious or really, really funny. Uh, more times funny than, than serious. But these are episodes that people have been dying to hear for. But Corey and I just feel more comfortable uh, putting them on a little more private platform. It's a pay-to-play kind of situation. Yes. So uh, a lot of good topics. We have some stories that happened to us uh, that we are going to share on that deal. So find us on Patreon. Corey, please spell for me. P-A-T. R-E-O-N, patreon.com. Search Stock Talk, and you're going to find 
some incredibly good stuff. If you can't remember that, just go to our brand new website, stocktalk-podcast.com to find all of what you're looking for. Plus, get merch. Got to get that merch, some hats, some t-shirts. Also, our great friends with Top Shelf. And you're also going to find Turn It Up, what you've heard on our website. If you don't know how yes. to find us, which you obviously already do because you're listening to it now, uh, there's a video to show your friends of how to find the Stock Talk podcast. True. Go to www.stocktalk-podcast.com. Back to the episode. So last question we always leave our guests with. And, uh, and again, I, I enjoy listening to all of them. But uh, Doug, what is your opinion of where you see this uh, show stock industry in five years? I think when we look at the show stock industry from 2019 to 2025, if you will, it's going to get more expensive. Mm -hmm. It'll get a little bit bigger. And it's going to get a lot tougher. I remember coming to World Pork Expo, being able to show 15 years ago here or whatever it was, and the hogs are better, the competition's tougher, and I just, we, we might drive some people away because of the cost to do it, the cost to be competitive at it. That's my, that's my fear that, that could happen in the mm-hmm. next five years. I thought you said you were positive. <laughs> I am. I can have fears and still be positive, I get it. right? I get it. Uh, but it's only going to get bigger. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would be the, the only detriment, or one of the few detriments I see. The show industry is only going to get better uh, because of things like Facebook and and being able to spread your word and, and what you have and with the ability we can move livestock all over this country. It is becoming such a sport for these these kids and these families that I think it's it's just going to keep growing. Yeah, but we just we gotta we gotta remember what we're doing, why we're doing it, and if we can. If we can learn from the podcast that you guys recorded yesterday, I think we'll be just fine. Yeah. And, and that podcast with Dan. Legendary. Wow. Episode I, 20, folks. If this is the only one you're listening to for some reason, uh, go to episode 20. Yeah. We still love you, though, Doug. That's fine. <laughs> I will. I will. When those, I talk to Dan last night. Those are nice night, coattails to ride. Yeah, I will ride them for. Ever. Ever. Forever. That's the. When you have the goat on your on your podcast podcast twenty, by the way, just a reminder. That is amazing. And when he opens his mouth, it's gold. Yeah, yeah. But he was also, regardless of what he said, it had been great. But what he said was even better. Yeah. And how he said it, folks. That in a nutshell is what we're doing. Yeah. So I think we're in great shape for twenty twenty five. Oh, I totally agree. Well, it's been. Uh, Really, really fun and nice and cool in this uh, Walton Webcasting Mobile Studio. Yeah. It's been a good time. But, Doug, I thank you for coming on, man, hey, taking time out of your busy me. schedule. My, my sweat stains are gone now. <laughs> I can look like a normal human being when I go back into the hog barn. So Yeah. 
All right, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, which I feel like if you've made it this far into figuring out how to find the podcast, you probably have already liked us on social media. But if you haven't, uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Our Twitter handle is at StockTalkPod. Uh, look, look us up on Facebook. Follow us along. Uh, we're, we got a lot of cool things coming up. I, I don't know if at this point in time when you hear this episode we have launched some of that, but it is going to be huge. Yeah. Where do you guys, where do we get your apparel? Can we order that? I mean, that's, that's some yeah, good looking uh, apparel. Yeah, at this stage, Doug, um, I would assume when this is when this episode comes out, we will have an online store. Yep. So we're working on it. We, we're uh, we got a lot of different options. We're just trying to figure out the best option. Yep. But yeah, we're have an online store, and we're going to try to be at a couple junior nationals, be there in Louisville. So uh, find us, we'll have it. But find us online, or we'll or just sure have it. Like if you really really need it. Just send us a message on Facebook and we'll figure it out. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, thanks again, Doug. And for those listening, this has been another edition of Stock Talk.